Pressure from Thomas off the edge. Eli Manning airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. Oh my God. This ball's thrown and Tyree just goes up for it like a basketball player. Harrison trying to knock it down. That's a great catch by David Tyree. Welcome to Catch the Moment Podcast. I am your host, David Tyree. Super excited to be back with you for another dope episode. This time I got a close friend of mine, a major acquaintance. He is a Green Beret, owner of Between the Ears Fitness, and I'm going to be honest with you, he's going to deliver a whole lot more value other than how you can be strong in, in, in your next journey in life. Bill Anthony's Appreciate you for checking in, David. Thanks for having me, brother. Appreciate it. Listen, man, here. this is a whole. This is this is a move. So obviously, we met a couple years ago. We become business owners in Morristown. Yeah. And your wife, Kariana, or Car- Hold on, I gotta get this right. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna fail. Kariana. Yeah. Ka- yeah, Kariana. Yeah. Kariana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying. <laughs> right. So, um, and your wife is she's been a staple in the, in the business community in Morristown. Yeah. So, you know, this this was just, you know, this is always the meeting place, athletics and military. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have a, a bunch of good dialogue. But first, bro, before I kind of like get into the meat of the matter. Yeah, yeah. Um, we always start off and, you know, this is, this is catch the moment. So we got to take you back to the moment. The helmet catch. So we bring you in. What was, where were you when you saw the helmet catch? And what were your thoughts? What was your experience? Paint the picture for me. I remember, I don't, it's one of those moments that actually I don't remember physically where I was, but I remember asking everybody who I was with, Yeah. did that actually just happen? <laughs> like, did that, was that, was this a weird, was this a, was it, did they cut the commercial? Yeah. <laughs> CGI stuff? Like, did that happen? And you sound I, like you had an out of body experience. It was, <laughs> it was something that, you know, you, who no one ever saw that before. Yeah. When the first time you see or experience anything for truly the first time, yeah. I think there's a natural element of like, wait, what? <laughs> um, and so, you know, I, I vividly remember just everyone kind of froze. It was like... Now, were you, then, in, were you in the military at that time? Were you out of the military? No. 2008. So, 2008, I was out of the military. I was working at PricewaterhouseCoopers. Uh, so out of the military, meaning I didn't go in yet. Oh, pre-military. That was pre-military. Post-college, okay. pre-military. I went in in 2010. So, you know, wherever I... Okay, so we're going to get the timeline, right? Yeah. Okay, so you, you was out there in the workforce. Boom. For a brief couple couple busy seasons. <laughs> realizing real quick that... That wasn't, that that wasn't was it? not it. No, no. <laughs> no. All right, so you got a lot of, you know, regimented disciplines that you've been a part of. So you have athletic background, military background. Um, you know, obviously, you're, you're a coach, trainer, still to this day. We're going to talk, I can't wait to talk about BTE and the comprehensive nature of services that you guys provide. Um, and, and, and I guess you could say within the fitness health health industry. But um, what about your, your mindset has kind of put you in these environments and just tell me a little bit about yourself your journey and how whether it was athletics that kind of spawned you on into that these disciplines where it was about a mindset you know anything that involves the body just is a direct access to something deeper 
you know, and, and, mm. and, and for me, that's always been this sense of self. This we call it the who, like okay, the athletic pursuit. So I played soccer, played in college, was a you know all American and at Montclair State. Okay, represent. Okay, I gotta keep D three on the. I gotta keep D three on the. D three on the map. You know what I mean? It's you know? not Montclair High School. Montclair not State is in cool, down the road. We're down the road. We're keeping it close. Keeping it close. But you know, for me, that that was where I found a tremendous amount of peace and purpose. Yeah. And it was, the body was involved, there was team, so there was meaning to what we were doing. Sure. And there was belonging in that I'm with other people. Like, you put a jersey on and it, over your heart it says MSU or whatever your club is, it doesn't say your fir first name. Yeah. Fast forward to go into the Army, same thing. You wear U.S. Army over your heart. You don't, your, your name is on the other side. Sure. And so these pursuits, these endeavors that challenge us to not um they challenge us to find out really like who are we who are, who are we who who do we want to become what's that journey like yeah. like you speak about the process to get there sure. um and so you know athletics really provided the 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 convenient excuse to go find out a little <laughs> bit more about who you are now now where you what town like you're originally from Jersey Montclair yeah. state All right, so what part of what part of Jersey are you from and basically what was like you know what was the catalyst even that connected you to, to sport? What about sport? Was it something always about you that had a competitive drive? Or did you just kind of like find your way, slip into it? Yeah, I mean, I grew up in Cranford, so Union County. So okay. not too far. Yeah, not too far down the road from Montclair. Um, was the middle of three kids, middle of three boys, older brother. Yeah, yeah, middle <laughs> child all the way through. And, you know, I, I don't even really remember. Um, my, you know, dad and mom put me into soccer. My yeah. older brother had done soccer and a bunch of different things. I actually wanted to quit my first day. Like, I, like, sat down in the field and was crying. I'm like, yeah, I don't like this. And, <laughs> and that whole bit. Uh, and, of course, that wasn't really part of the equation. Yeah, um, yeah. And then, you know, it was just, I just took to it. I for don't really know why. Had no clicking point. But I do remember thinking that, I actually didn't want to be a better soccer player. I wanted to be like more of a commando. And hmm. that was just, I think, part of my archetype, you know, gotcha. part of my nature. And I thought to myself, like, hey, if I can be like one of those dudes, and yeah. at the time it was only men allowed, uh, I could, if I could be like one of them, then yeah. between the lines, I'd probably benefit from it. Be a dog out there. And, and, and that was it. And so what made them special? What made them unique? Well, it wasn't, it was sort of this warrior samurai ninja thing of like, they're going to win the battle before they even draw the sword. And how are they going to do mm. that? They're going to do that with their mind. They're going to do that with self-control. Okay. Um, and I kind of just took to that reading as much as I could about it, sure. you know, and not really knowing what I was reading at the time, but. So internally, even at a young age, you were connecting to, to, to a true sense of purpose um, even even beyond the sport, whereas most people, it's just, it might be about glory. Yeah. But for you, it's a little bit more about significance. I would agree. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's actually amazing because yeah. I was probably quite the opposite as an athlete. You know, of course, football is the glory sport of the country. Right. And um, <laughs> and that was all about the glory. Bro. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> no, but that, that's, that's super dope. Okay, so obviously you spend it. You have an all... All America is... is no matter where you go, it means you got to be good. So yeah. obviously... Um, something clearly clicked, you know, once you created that D3 opportunity right. and, you know, that mindset that we're talking about. Talk, talk to me in general about um, your, your practices and, and basically like, okay, that's, that's obviously what separates any kind of high performer. So 
you know, when you're thinking about whether you're going about your job, athletics, or anybody who's just this average Joe, what does it take to position yourself to do something extremely, you know, uh, notice, notable on a high level? Like, what is the engagement level mentally from your experience? For me, it was about authenticity and the opportunity with every single, whether it be practice, the off-season, yeah. drills, whatever it might be, like being authentically you. The mm. fullest you, because when you and you know better than any, better than most. Sure. In the heat of the moment, stress is high, pressure's up there. If you're faking it, you're done. You're not going. Fakers Ooh. do not win at the highest levels. No, and that's what practice, training, off-season, reading, skill development, all of that is like. Sure. How do I become uniquely and fully me? Yeah, developing this kind of who this this sense of self. What better thing to do that than athletics where you're if you're the best on the field, you got to define a different field. If you think you're better than your teammates, you're the worst teammate there is. If, you know, none of us perform well in isolation. That's good. So me, I was an All-American. I was only an All-American, though, because I had a good team. It's good. Good coaches. People came before me that eh, the program was okay. Yeah, yeah. But they still put in the work they laid the foundation for that which me and then and then afterwards and the programs continued to go on and military is very much the same way the people that came before us sure we i think need to remember who came before us and we need to do something for the people who are going to come after us yeah and and in in an authentic uh and full full way all right this is fantastic because you know um you know my word and it's kind of similar like transparency is it's not just about like, you know, laying all the terms on the table. I tell people authenticity and transparency are kind of like cousins, meaning like it's the ability to be seen, yeah. right? Where you allow people to see you right. in your authentic self. And I, right. think, I think the sooner that people can grasp and, and you know, we'll get into the, the, the demons that lie, you know, and, and <laughs> the challenges, the obstacles, because that's what every human really is birthed yeah. out of, right? It's like yeah. the phoenix uh, you know, metaphor in some respects. So, yeah. what along the way, you know, and I'm, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna give you this one before I really talk about some of the adversity. You know, like I, I just I really respect the heck out of out of your journey, just the different pivots, but also the lessons learned. What would you call your defining moment at this stage in your life or career? I mean, meeting my wife is. I'm gonna say, yeah the thing that changed the trajectory of my life for the benefit for, for the better, thankfully, awesome. um, you know, prior to meeting her and how I, you know, it's, a, you kind of peel it back all the sure. time, but I, you know, and it's around this time, but I, I, September 11th was a huge catalyst of change for me as well. And mm. you know, I was a junior in high school, uh, yeah, junior in high school, uh, feeling a bit lost, just, you know, dealing with some stuff and, and, and whatever. And, you know, there was this, there was this moment of like, okay, this is now all of that stuff I read about samurais and warriors and all of this. This is actually now what I've got to do. Mm. But I didn't go right into the army after after high school. I delayed it. Yeah, and I and you know by delaying it, I went away from who I felt I needed to be, and I went towards. Oh. Who I thought others wanted me, needed me to be, yeah. and they want to be. You know, I didn't want to be a source of stress for others and this and that. And yeah, I got to a decision point where it's I, I either need to turn towards me or I need to turn 
away from me. And, mm. and, and, and I've been turning away from me for a while. And that authenticity component um, required going through, hey, this is, this is what it's going to be. So, you know, that was definitely a, a big, big part of it. And then meeting my wife, you know, two months before going into basic training, wow. then realizing like, oh, there's this other, like I thought my life was going this way. Yeah. I meet, I meet her and there's this entirely new life that just presented that I didn't do anything to control or frankly deserve. But, yeah. you know, that was, that was big. That was big. Ooh, listen, I'm going to tell you what, the power of a woman is so, <laughs> and of course, even more so the right woman. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. It, it's, it's, there's the saying that, um, you know, because of there's, there's been there's been wars because because of women, right? Helen yeah. of Troy, right? Yeah, yeah, the yeah. the the power and the you know the persuasive power and impact of women in our, our society is super dynamic, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. But even more so when you you know, so you talk about this, you have a true. Obviously, you discover this, for lack of better terms, I call it this calling at this point. It's this beacon, yeah. of truth and authenticity with yourself, and it's. Is pointing toward that that significance, that honor code, um, but you actually say it's meeting your wife. What yeah. what did she help you to do, or come to terms with, or maybe what was it about her that that really connected you to something higher? It was it was entirely who she who she was and who she represented. Okay. And and the other thing that's like I I think really I'm so I'm beyond grateful for is that there was in my mind there was never any chance of a romantic relationship. None. I was going in the army. Yeah. She was going through her stuff. She's a business owner in Morristown, has this thing, and this is 2010, CrossFit's on the boom. I'm trying to go into special operations where, you know, <laughs> who knows when you're going to talk to me. So that never entered the equation. It was so pure. Mm. And what it allowed me to do, and I think both of us to do, is, is see each other as authentically, as mm. transparent as possible. That window was clear. Yeah. And I just, it just was like, this is, this is just a woman who is, who is passionate, who is skilled, who is smart, who is obviously, I was attracted to her, yes, but in a sense, a in a thing. deeper sense, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. for sure. Um, not just the external, but I was, I was, <clears throat> there was a magnetism to who this individual is in, in, within herself. And, yeah. that, uh, you know, that was just something that was a, Brand new experience. It's fantastic, bro. Uh, so, obviously, this 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 experience with um, Green Beret, and and I, I don't want to talk as much about your experiences with Green Beret. When I think about um, knowing you and just some of the transparency and and where your journey is taking you, what have been the pain points that what was the furnace that you endured that allowed you to come to certain conclusions about yourself? And how your journey was continued for tell me some of that you know some of that raw stuff because i've had them i've been out of my mind before like i'm one of these dudes that's super sensitive to the realities of mental health and this is space that you're moved into yourself i want yeah. you to talk about that yeah. but maybe internally whether it was in high school whether it was you know transitioning out of the military yeah what was it at what point where is there maybe a collapse or a painful experience that was like what the, what am I? Who am I? What did that look like for you? Leaving, leaving the military was incredibly difficult. I chose to leave because I wanted to choose to be with my family. They were up mm. in New Jersey, have um, you know, a wife, two kids. They're, I never, I never uh, really ever saw them. I'm not their biological dad. I'm their stepdad, but mm -hmm. I, still, I never saw them. 
they're younger. Yep. My wife barely see her. She's basically a single mom, and they endured five years of what it is to be in special operations. And it was like, look, there's this, there's this other component to life that I want to live. I want to experience. And yeah. there's other humans at stake here. It's not just me. It's not just me. And so that was a tough decision because I was getting better at my job. Yeah. And as an athlete, as a performer, when you're like, Hey, I'm getting, all right, now I'm starting it. Now I'm starting. I saw before. Now I'm understanding. Yeah. You know, and you, you're developing. It's, it's slowing down. The game's slowing it's, down for you. Yeah. You start to feel like, okay, I'm not on the strings anymore. Now I'm kind of pulling yeah. them and I was getting better and there was different opportunities and stuff like that. And you know, I could still play coach. Like, what are you talking about? Like yeah. put trade the Jersey and I can still play. And, so it's this loss of identity. It's who am I without this? And I thought I had a decent hedge against it. Sure. I went in at 25. I had a college degree, this and that, a little couple of work experience, blah, blah, blah. Um, but what made me successful was I embodied that identity. Mm. And then all of a sudden they stamp your paper and they say, you're out of the army now. And I was like, hold on a second. You know what just went into that piece of paper? Like... And what that paper means, and you just stamp it and say, off you go. Man. And then it was, I got home. I drove home from, from Tennessee. That's where my, I was stationed and living. And I remember pulling up, knowing it was a one-way trip, and thinking, I don't know if I want to be here. Like, mm. did I just make a massive mistake? Yeah. Um, I didn't unpack my bag for about six months. I left my beret out and in eyesight every time I crossed because eh, I kind of had one foot in, one foot out. And, yeah. and um, you know, that... that that rebirth of self very much in terms of this Phoenix like approach um, was, you know, it sounds great. Like, yeah. Oh, look like rebirth. And, but, but it, something needs to burn and, and, and potentially die for that to happen. And that's certainly been part of the story. Yeah. You know, that's, that's some real stuff. So when I'm thinking about a sacrifice, especially with our, you know, with, with the armed services and I mean, like there's the sense of indebted of, of gratitude and, um, and debt that, any civilian is it's definitely due and admirable. But we often talk about sacrifice <clears throat> on the side of the people that stay in, yeah. make the long-term commitments, and we don't talk about the other side of sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And in my personal estimation for, for the decision you made, it's extremely noble. So so do you do you is that something that goes through your head when you're you, you're looking at it? It's like, of course you you're battling internally whether you made the right decision. Mm -hmm. But in my mind, not only is it noble, it's it's higher in my estimation, but at the same time, the identity. So yeah. what was that? Do you, is that do you feel like that's an overplayed narrative? Do, do, do the per, does the person who who says, you know what, I need to prioritize my family, I need to get back, you know, this this is a high call for my country, but these people are depending on me and I've made a commitment. Is that something that you've ever considered like the sacrifice on both sides. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I think the people who sacrifice the most actually aren't the ones who are wearing the uniform. It's it's the family, and, and for a lot, it's it's the mm. significant other, it's the spouse. It's good being in the army, being in the military. It's a dream for a lot of people. Now, not everybody, but for yeah. me, it was a dream to do that. But who never really gets spoken about is the people that have to run the ship when I'm off doing the thing. And, you know, so that goes for um, 
you know, spouses, kids, like the, the, the wear, the, the, the drain that that has. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we have the uniform, we wear the uniform, and, and, and we get a lot of the attention. And, you know, for those, for the Gold Star families, so that's, that's somebody who's lost a, you know, lost a family member to, sure. um, you know, in, in, in their military service. That's who I think about. I think about those Gold Star members, family members, uh, spouses, significant others, sons, daughters. Yeah. Um, that, you know, have to live the rest of their life with the the sacrifice that whoever they were connected to, their family member had. And, and, and sometimes that's death. Yeah, it's true. Far more common, though, it's just having someone who's not actually living. And, that's, and, and that goes into the mental health stuff a lot. Sure. Because there's a lot that come home but never really return. And never really come home. And, and that was me for sure. Man, that's, that's powerful. So he says six months before you unpacked your bag. Yeah, it might have been a little bit longer. Listen, my life is so crazy. We, you know, we came back from Florida. I think we still have our bag. Uh, <laughs> no, no. Yeah. No, it wasn't. Yeah. yeah. It's, just, it's just life with seven kids yeah. and a few moving pieces. Definitely yeah. nothing like five years of special operations. All right, so I'm a, I'm a, I'm a military like novice. So what is the Green Beret? Yeah. And like what, you know, I, I've always heard of the Green Beret. It's, it's clear, like, that's y'all somebody. <laughs> <laughs> but what actually is that unit and maybe to some degree like what is that responsible it's clear y'all some bad mofos but but what is that you know what is that meant for you obviously participating in that group yeah i mean there's definitely those who are like there are some some bad dudes but you know the i, I do want to take this as a chance to also say like there's plenty of people who are not in special operations special operations is the all-star team it's gotcha. all pro team. That's the look. That's what everybody does. That's what they write shows about. That's yep. all that. But there's far more that are not in special operations. That are, some, that are some bad dudes <laughs> and gals. So like, but it's some it's some David Tyrese out there before the hell of a catch. You know what I'm saying? There's some dudes that's just out there on the roster tearing it up for sure, for sure. And so you know, for as much as the you know, we're a culture that loves Hollywoodisms. Of and course. so it's like, oh, special forces, this is not, there's plenty of dudes who, and gals who are not in a special operations unit that did far more badass stuff than me. Yeah. Full stop. To, for me to pretend that that's not like the case, like that's not it. That being said, Green Berets, yes, there's definitely a, a lineage and a history <laughs> and stuff like I that. Lo I love the, I love the <laughs> honor. And now, now back to the All-Star too. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that makes the Green Berets uh, and, and, and other special operations units unique and special is that there's a very arduous, long, um, high attrition rate selection course, selection process. And so, you know, we're the... Army Special Forces. That's the unit, that's the branch that we're a part of. And so we're tasked with unconventional warfare. Um, that includes a bunch of different, you know, different mission sets and whatnot. Sure. Um, as, a, as an example, uh, this time, almost, what, 20, 21 years ago now, or, yeah, um, Green Berets, along with, you know, CIA teams, were the first on the ground in Afghanistan, mm. uh, you know, days after September 11, 2001. Now... We weren't there with large signatures. No, I got you. You know, it was, hey, small groups, small teams making sure. stuff happen. We're referred to as like force multipliers and, and that kind of a thing. And so, um, 
that's where some of the some of the the lineage is and it goes back to vietnam where you know these these i can't even imagine what they were doing mm. um that that whole thing and so long selection processes um certainly you know some some more higher speed trainings and stuff like that more yeah. money gear uh and and you know typically like we're not going to answer the call for the easy problems not to say any problem in that in in war is this easy, is but saying. that's unconventional warfare. Warfare is kind of our that's our the whole that's the whole purpose. That's the whole purpose of yeah. uh, you know the wolf, right? The wolf from Pulp Fiction. You had to come and clean up the big mess. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen. I mean, like I said, it's sometimes we hear it and we don't really truly understand what that is. I know that I don't. It's like, well, they must be somebody. Yeah. And I think that's typically what it evolves to. Yeah. All right. So the special forces, Green Beret. Special teams, me and Bill, we've been doing this, you know. All I did was run down on kickoff and run into, like, 1,200 pounds of, 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 of men, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I did. That, that's obviously what kind of created an opportunity. So I always think about you have to have a, a different mind to do certain things. So, yeah. like, when, you, when you're considering uh, military, special, even more so special forces, just in light of the attrition rate, um, Sports like football, I tell people, it's really not for everybody, right? right. Like, right. and for whatever reason, I've, I volunteered as a 195-pound wide receiver started running down on kickoff because I couldn't stand to be on the bench waiting for my opportunity. Right. And I was willing to do whatever it takes to make a play. So I, I have to ask this, you know, just, just because I have to. I'm a civilian. Have you ever killed me? So... Not that this is a, a, a badge of honor, uh-huh. but I can only imagine. So what I think about it is... When you make a righteous kill, it, you know, because I believe in something called a righteous kill. So that's a fun conversation of itself. Right. You make a righteous kill, doing your job, doing what's right, best that you know. <laughs> and but then your conscience still has to deal with right. blood was spilled. Right. So t- talk me through it. You can answer the question. You know, no obligation, but at the, but at the end of the day, I, I can imagine that's part of it. I'll answer. I'll answer it by saying that I lived my life in a headspace and with a mind space and really a heart space of of almost being obsessed with taking life mm. when you boil the military down that's what we do everything supports this notion of taking life and mm. the better a, 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 a military is at taking others and preserving theirs they're going to win now that can be a very good deterrent which is typically why like we don't get into these large scale wars. He's like, oh no, let's like let's put the helmet on. Let's suit it up and let's see. Yeah. The challenge is, or at least for me, that in in going into that space and in living in that space for for yes, five years, but previous to that too. Because I was a Green Beret and I had that mentality before I was even there it just gave me the opportunity to, to, to validate it absolutely um and of course train and get developed and stuff like that but you know i'm just saying the, 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 it wasn't like they all of a sudden said hey there's this thing called grit that you should learn and we're going to sit you down and train it like that was well that's, that's a, a new thing right, right. angela duckworth yeah it was like but as an athlete it's a thing and so and so for me one of the things that's been uh that's been that's come to the surface in a lot of like my own healing has been the toll that that took operating and spending so much time and energy um, operating on this in this in this environment of taking life yeah and it took a part of mine 
And, um, you know, I've, I've actually, I've become, I've, I've come to be peaceful and actually grateful for that. Sure. Um, while recognizing it, 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 it nearly cost me my life too. That's real. Yeah. So what has been the, you know, I know your wife has played a tremendous role and what have been the components of healing in your journey? I think that's, you know, talk like, you know, like talk through me. Obviously movement's always been a big part of your life yeah. and, you know, we can kind of hedge this into BTE, but what have been the things that have created these processes, tools, or just the environment for you to recognize and take that journey? There's been a lot. There's there's been trying to do as much self education on what is the emotional, physical, mental, spiritual, social impacts of challenging experiences that we confront in our life. Mm-hmm. And so that's led me to you know studying trauma, studying the nervous system, therapy, all of these different things, and eventually led to now I'm a, now I'm a therapist yep. in part of what I do. But you know that education that self-empowerment so that i can just unpack and understand like oh maybe there's this maybe there's that um without a doubt physical movement that's been that connection that access to the self which is a phenomenal tool journaling has been has been a huge help for me yeah um, raising that awareness and just unpacking some stuff um almost four years not drinking alcohol uh, that's a big thing. Removing, thanks, man. Thank you. Removing that from the equation gave me it gives it. It doesn't fix any problems, but it gives you a chance. Mm. And I think as humans, that's what we when we don't have the chance. That yeah. that that'll tear someone up. That'll tear someone apart. That's. I'm so glad that you say that. You know, like I said, it doesn't fix the problem, but it gives you a chance. Yeah. And you know, obviously, we live in a high indulgent. Um, you know, society in relation to social alcohol, yeah. it goes together. And so there's no negative connotation in general. But when you look at the challenges that it could present, yeah. right, it is, it's, it's a lot of them, right? So yeah. your conclusion with that and recognizing the need to remove that element, yeah. like speak to that, speak to that reality. Like even though it's your personal journey, what's your view on alcohol in light of understanding that, you know what, this sucker right here could probably cause more problems than it, than it does solutions, but we treat it the other way around. It's a poison. It's a poison for your brain. It's a poison for your mind, which I think there's a difference between the brain and the mind. Mm. Uh, it's a poison for your body. It's a poison that some just experience it on the physical level, sure. you know, and it's just more of an optimization standpoint. Uh, unfortunately, it usually poisons other people. And so I'm certainly not anti-alcohol. I got you. Uh, I have no judgment. You know, like, hey, if you want to drink, you can drink. Sure. But do it with honesty, you know. And, and if we can have that honest conversation that, yeah, hey, this, this, this has virtually zero benefit. Yeah. And it will potentially cost you everything. <laughs> then the choice is yours. Um, you know, I love that. That's that's my that's actually my conversation. I just want people to actually admit that it doesn't really have real benefits. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, like, hey, what, and I used to. And I, I, well, I'm a I'm a purpose. So I don't know about you, but like, I drink. I drank to get drunk. Like I, yeah. everybody else is different. Like yeah. you know, everybody got their social. Oh, I love the taste of. I love the taste of whiskey. <laughs> like, you don't taste anything. It just burns. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, like, I'm sure it was clear that there was some that were better than others. Yeah. Like, but 
yeah. if it didn't get me drunk, it was no purpose. Right. <laughs> right. So it's honesty is so huge, right? Like yeah. so that's that's powerful. Let me think about this, right? When I think about the different you're a business owner, you have military, athletics, and even family as you know, you know, um inheriting inheriting and co-parenting some children. What has been the greatest training ground for you as a as a leader? Man, that's a great question. Um the greatest training ground. I think just the everyday, I don't know. I think, the, I, you know, I think I, I would re, I would love to say, hey, yeah, I learned this in sport. I learned this in that. Sure. But I think the culmination of all of the experiences really do provide that. Yeah, sometimes you need to be the coach that puts your arm around the, the shoulder. And and, and I don't always have that. Like, I, I don't always have that ability. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't always have the awareness to execute that ability. There the ability go. is there, but the awareness <laughs> to do it. Um, and so, you know... That's one thing. Uh, certainly, from a leadership standpoint, you know you can't lead others the way you would only want to be led. That's that's, that's you limiting yourself for sure. sure. Um, but one of the experiences that I do think is important, it's kind of to the alcohol thing, is in January I did a psychedelic uh, retreat, psychedelic healing journey, and that was it's just something that's still kind of being stigmatized, even though it's like yeah. gaining mainstream. I'm I'm, here, I'm having more conversations. Well, I'm hearing more conversations about it. So, so create the create the pathway. I'm gonna give you the I'm gonna give you the landing strip, the land the plane. What was it? And like, like because I'm, I'm hearing the, I guess you say the positive side. And I recognize there's psychedelics, mushrooms. There's a natural element. Yeah. So, what what how does it become a healing agent? For me, it brought me into contact with love. I mm-hmm. I didn't feel that before. Um, I knew I was loved. Yeah. I knew I loved people, but I don't know if I felt that at the degree of of, of, of this it also reconnected me with my spirituality there was a void that i removed the spirituality removed i removed that from my life and i filled that void with death with mm. that same thing about just having this uh not obsession i don't want to come across that way but sure. this realistic thing of I'm going to try to kill as many bad guys as I can. Yeah. That's that's just whatever. And it's never going to be enough and blah, blah, blah. And so that darkness really was such a huge part of, of, of my identity. Sure. And I did two compounds, um, Ibogaine and 5-MeO-DMT through a veteran organization uh veterans exploring treatment solutions is the name of it okay and you know they're 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 doing amazing work and i it was it brought me into contact with spirituality with my demons Mm -hmm. with like i had this heavenly component and this hell component and it was by far the hardest thing i've ever experienced by far it was incredibly difficult incredibly challenging the other side of it right is great yeah um but i'm still integrating from it i'm still learning from it and it it really opens it opens your mind it opens your heart um it's certainly not something i think that you can just go do just without previous work you know but um but yeah it it really was this element of of love and and you know spirituality and and looking at that as a practice now to say hey i want to it showed me this now i'm gonna work it it's because it's not just a magic pill Spirituality, so like you're you're one of the people even in, in the fitness wellness industry that actually talk about spirituality in general. Like obviously, you know, everybody's welcome at this table. I'm a Christian. 
like I do have a hard time with like nebulous things. So what is when you say spirituality, even in practice, what does that mean for you personally? And what is the integration of spirituality, even as you're working with people in between the ears? So so like for me, I'm a Christian. Obviously, most people, whether they're right, wrong, mature, immature, they kind of have a connotation of what that is. Right. But what, how does that work for you? For me, spirituality is this awareness of something bigger than me mm-hmm. that that is that does provide this you know ubiquitous love and connection and okay um, and, and is is transcends any sort of uh, border boundary you know it's, it's it is sort of this boundless connection uh, that we have to this thing that's bigger than us and so I really like this notion that spirituality is just this 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 um, process of becoming awake and awakening. And, and, and all of that and so so that's sort of what it means to me i started like we came back i started i started praying excellent i hadn't prayed for a very very long time and um my my prayer practice so to speak has been that of giving thanks you know not yeah. not asking for things and but just being thankful for this opportunity for for the struggles for the challenges and, yeah. and, and for the people and and uh, you know it's 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 I grew up in a Catholic church and never really took to that and yeah. you know, went, went off my way, but have had this reconnection w- with it uh, that, you know, certainly is, is helpful for me as I continue to go. And I think it helps me to connect to people better as, as well. Sure. So between the years, we're not talking about, we might not have direct specific conversations about spirituality, but there's this notion of the spirit and the self and the soul and coming into contact with that thing that we can't define, but we know it. Yeah. You know, we can't hold it, but we feel it. Um, I love it. That's kind of a lot of what we do. No, it's, 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 you know, like it's, it's good to have the conversation. Number one it's good that people aren't as turned off, and I think I think we're you know we're at the at the age and stage of society where there's a big old buffet uh, spiritually and which is you know, which is good. Everybody's making personal decisions. Yeah. And you know what I what I've concluded is I want to know as much about if you believe in God, what God do you believe in? Mm-hmm. Like you know what is He like? Mm-hmm. You know like or you know like there's that's that's kind of like I've I've understood different practices, different beliefs. But is there consistency? Is there continuity in those beliefs versus mm-hmm. our experience? Right. Because spiritual to me, as much as this, it's about the fact that this true inner self, it's also the awareness of what's invisible, right? It's the invisible world yeah. that we know transcends our, our visible realities that are so limitless. Yeah. So um, talk to me about, in light of recognizing some of those, those, in, those I guess you say those, uh, eternal <laughs> qualities how are you integrating all of this experience now into between the years awareness 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 you know and, yes. and, and i think that's really the thing and we don't dictate we guide and we suggest and we partner with it's a collaboration really that we're seeking to develop and it's just like anything else it's a practice that uh through through paying attention to ourselves and and um, trying to have that honest, authentic yeah. view within, we kind of th- say, "Hey, like, let's look at something. Let's look at what happens at the skin and within layer. Yeah. So, from your body and inside, just just pay attention. Turn the lights on. Like that's what awareness is. Just turn the lights on. Tell me what you see. Forget what the furni- the state of the furniture. If you don't <laughs> like the design, no, 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 no. All that stuff is subject to change. Sure. Just turn the lights on. Let me know what you see. 
And so we guide people along that in like a physical, mental, emotional sort of way um, that uses movement and exercise as opportunities to get a reflection back on where they are for that day and Mm. what they need and and, and like what would a win be and and how do we honor that? Um, There's some of those days that we want to, we want to, as one of our clients says, fly as close to the sun as possible and just <laughs> go there. And it's just like blackout. And, yeah. you know, you're like, what happened? You're like, I don't know. But it was awesome. And I barely survived. And right on, of course. Those are sort of those days. And then there's other days where it's like, hey, don't be here. Go for a walk in, in nature. Go sit, meditate, do whatever. Because there's truth and there's honesty. Yeah. And that's where I think real strength is. That that's inner powerful. strength. That's powerful. So it's, you know, I always talk about the... You know, my superpower as an athlete was was self-awareness. Yeah. Like, and not knowing that I had self-awareness, it was just, you know, being able to, to whether it's read the room, deduct the situation, you know, say, you know what, that guy, I feel like I'm that dude, but he's better than me right now. Just being honest right. with my surroundings, but not losing confidence right. about, you know, what I could do or achieve. So... Now, it sounds like, you know, BTE is creating a culture that will enhance one's ability to actually be in tune, not just with with their capacity for growth, change and improvement, but right. awareness. Yeah. And, you know, and which which will ultimately help them even probably I can imagine just have a greater sense of contentment. Yeah. You know, because we are like we are like a hyper, hyper like. I think uh, I think in general, like we're a hyper con- condemned. Like everybody is beating themselves up from within. Yeah. So um, you sound like there's there's some amazing, unique opportunities. Share with me like some of the great, you know, some some maybe a win. What a win looks like in a BTE environment. Um, you probably alluded to it to to some extent, but you know, what's a high win? Maybe what's a low win? And what sets this training part? from just a traditional gym experience or CrossFit experience? Yeah, I mean, I think the win is this notion that people feel that they believe in themselves. Mm. And we want to develop belief, and we, I kind of refer to belief as truth without proof. And it might, belief and faith can probably be used maybe interchangeably, yeah, you know? Absolutely. And, um, so there's this, uh, I think there's a spectrum from confidence to belief. Confidence, hey, I know I can do that. I have the proof to support that. I have the evidence. I know I can run this route. I know I can perform this maneuver. I know I can do whatever. Great. We need sure. that. We need, to con- we, we need to develop the confidence, drill it, practice it, train it, et cetera. But we really need that belief. That mm. like, hey, put me in. Yeah. I'm going to, you know, in that moment, no doubt. And I don't have any proof to support that I can or I will, but I, but the tr- the truth is within me that like if given the opportunity, I'll at least step into it. Mm. And so by the practice of raising awareness of oneself and being honest and be like, yeah, today's a forty percent day. It flies in the face of what a lot of society wants, which is unacceptable. Mm. Like like forty percent day. What's wrong with you? You know, hundred or nothing. You're regressing. You're regressing. You know, and it's like, hey. To me, it's it's a sign of it's a sign of strength if someone says it's a forty percent day. I'm gonna do forty per, like I'm gonna match that at least from like a workout standpoint. Sure, sure. Because if you're trying to do an eighty percent, like let's just say you're trying to do an eight out of ten workout, yeah, and you're at a four out of ten, well now you've just increased your risk for injury. 
you've probably not extracted the benefit from a strength and conditioning standpoint that is going to be what's required at an eight out of 10 heavy sets, this and that. Right. Yeah. And you've just basically lied to yourself because it's not <laughs> an the biggest betrayal and that's it. Right. And it's like, so by giving people the, the workout is just the excuse to check in. It's, uh. it's, it's the reflection, right? It's, it's, it, it's a mirror and a window. It's a mirror in that it reflects back to you the, the, the honesty of where we're at today. This is good. And it's a window that you can look into yourself and then express and, and sort of, you know, put out there what you need in that moment for that day. Man, listen, I hope everybody is really following what he's saying because the workout is just a check-in. It's really about being in tune with the opportunity, recognizing what you're building internally, yeah. right? It's the... It's, it's basically the physical is preceding those internal intrinsic attributes yeah. that cause us to thrive. All right. So clearly between the years, fitness is just 100% comprehensive. You're embracing every area of, of the human experience to add value to, to the clients. But, you know, so I'm, li I'm listening to your, your journey comprehensively. And then I got to think back to now where we are today in our current state of society mental health and mental health is a real thing like when i say i was out of my mind 2004 you know i get arrested on marijuana possession my world changes i come to christ it's like a just everything happens at the same time i'm i'm a new guy on christ i'm on fire next thing you know i'm hearing voices in my head mm. so when i say i lost it i lost it. Mm. i was in a hospital psychosis mm -hmm. so i'm very very sensitive to the realities of, of, of mental health, not just conditions, but realities, yeah. people having real experiences. Yes. So now, but we're also at a state today where everything is a mental health condition. Everyone is offended about everything. So yeah. we're ultra sensitive, yeah. which invites a lot of weakness. Yeah. And I can imagine with you with a little bit of a military mindset, you can only think about how the enemy, you know, could look at, <laughs> our, the, our state of culture so talk to me you're coming out of being hardened going mm -hmm. through this massive um you know just discovery healing etc yeah. but our the masses are to the point where we're like jello so talk to me i don't like the word balance me personally but talk mm -hmm. to me about what is the experience what is the sweet spot where are we at from this whole idea of mental um, that that idea of hardening, but also being human. I personally think we could do better with our choice of words. Okay. Because if we, I like to use the term mental fitness. It's good. If you were to think about you. fitness, all right, let's just say we want to be strong, but not the strongest. We want to be fast. We don't have to be the fastest. We want to be conditioned, but we don't have to go forever. We want these different areas of of fitness yeah you know? well we need the same at the mental emotional level too sure if we are unable to tolerate the slightest discomforts that is fundamentally a definition of weakness mm. right a lack of tolerance in something that's opposing against you so we wouldn't want to be weak if we're fit Right, like, hey, if you try to pick up 20 pounds and you break, one could make the argument that 
you're probably not fit. You might be able to run. Sure. Likewise, if you could pick up 500 pounds, but you can't, you know, walking up the stairs is, a, is, is so we want to balance across these things. And so from a mental health or mental fitness standpoint, yeah, yeah we need that resiliency. We need that ability to tolerate. There you go. And in order to build our tolerance, we need to expose ourselves to things that we don't exactly like. Good. If you get stronger, you don't get stronger by exposing yourselves to weaker weights there you go. or lighter weights. It's a progression. There's a system to this. There's there's mental health, uh, you know, there's therapeutic interventions like that that do exposure training and whatnot. Um, but you know, it's 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 a shame. It, it it is a shame to me because we are too much safety at a certain point becomes dangerous. There you go. And I think that's the direction we're going down. Yeah. And, you know, it's like if all we do is avoid, there you go. then we don't give ourselves the exposure, the opportunity for that exposure to build the tolerance and mm -hmm. therefore to build the fitness. Now, of course, if you're just shut down and you're just a hard shell and, and nothing gets in, that's 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 not really because then you're not going to be able to connect to people. You're not going to have that experience, you know. And so I, I feel like if we view it as a fitness component, that's a good. Um, I, maybe we can. I actually, love I love the way you said it because I'm big on language as well. But I mean, like I I I, li I literally listen through language mm. because you know I'm one of these guys like words have meaning, right? Yeah. Like yeah. and just the wrong use of words can send someone in a, in a total in a total different direction, even like yeah. the correction that you made, which is, which is, which is valid. It's like hardening, but no, we want to be fit or we want to be well, we want to be whole. Right. And I think about this whole idea of what my goals are as a, as a human, not just as an athlete, not just as a high performer. Yeah. I want to be whole right. in every area of right. my life. Meaning right. like, and so what I'm, the, the goal, the optimal goal is I'm recognizing that there's deficiencies. Yeah. Right. And through the act, my active participation and pursuit of healing, education, insight, you know, there's these growth opportunities. Mm -hmm. So long as I can find these, find, create through relationships, practices, disciplines, etc., and then, then you know, the goal is to be whole. Yeah. You know, and I think that's the lifelong pursuit. We're going to continue to discover yeah. more about ourselves. And, um, and, and and really figure out what's going on between the years. There right? we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so you gotta you gotta tell us where we can find you and 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 ultimately, you know, and you got some specialties like the the is it the golf the I, I can't let you off the hook without talking about these <laughs> little these 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 I don't even want to call them torture tactics, <laughs> but I kind of I just can't see them any other way. So so you know. Talk, tell us where we can find more about BTE and just talk about at least one yeah, yeah, yeah. of, you know, some unique, unique experiences that you create. For sure. So Instagram for now probably is the best t place to take a look at like, just, it's like if you're going to a restaurant, take a peek at the menu, like what do they got? I don't know what I'm going to order, but what kind of food they serve in? So my name, Bill Anthes, my wife's name, Kariana, spelled with an E. So you were right with that weird thing, Kariana <laughs> Anthes. And then between the ears spelled B-T-W-N. The ears, also between the ears, fitness, which is the, the the gym. Between the ears is kind of the umbrella thing, and we do these we do these experiences. And there's the between the ears fitness, which is like, hey, the daily practice of you know checking in, raising awareness, driving action. We're looking at 
predominantly through the gym. Sure. And then there's this like underground kind of situation we've got <laughs> That's going what I'm on. Little fight club <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Um, and you know, those have kind of been referred to as psychedelic experience like things. And, mm -hmm. and there's a lot of truth to that, having gone through a pretty powerful one. And sure. and really all that means is is coming sort of raising awareness about the psyche, the mind, how we're how we're doing different things. Got it. And we use movement, we use physical challenges as same thing as the access mm -hmm. to this notion of the self notion of kind of this 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 wholeness by identifying perhaps what is deficient or yeah. what is lacking or uh we have this one challenge it's called the sisyphus gauntlet so the story of sisyphus that's that's the one that's the one <laughs> and it's it's so it's it's been really amazing to see how however many people have done it have all had something unique and there's been a thread line throughout it all, which is this deep access to not just who they are, but who they can become. Mm. Um, and so, you know, the story, the myth of Sisyphus is he's banished to Hades, hell, you know, the underworld, pushing this boulder up a hill. And when he gets to the top of this mountain, uh, the thing falls back down. It goes to the base. He kind of marches himself back. And so he's just in eternity pushing this thing. And you're like, ooh, that's some heavy stuff. And so you can look at that as saying, or at least the way we tell this story, and a story is how we've passed down information across Absolutely. millions and thousands cultures. of years and culture, right? You can look at that and say, look, there's this is like, you're just doomed. Why even bother pushing it up? You know, mm. but, and you can, and you can have an apathetic, nihilistic, just blah, nothing meaning. Yeah. Or you can look at it and say, I'm, it's it's not so much that I'm gonna that this is gonna be hard and suffer and I know how it's probably gonna end, but I'm choosing instead to make meaning out of this. Mm. And not like, oh, I hope I find the meaning in it. No, I'm making the meaning out of it. Even though we know that, yeah, you're gonna get to the top of that thing and that thing's gonna roll back down. But can you embrace that with this meaningful, purposeful, active involvement in your experience? So we have four workouts that are an hour long, super simple, varying degrees of challenge yeah. that have a corresponding you know, kind of mindset, a co concept to them, a journal practice. And, 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 and if you're willing, they'll, you know, uh, they'll bring you to places that can be pretty cool. Bro, that's a whole bar. So, you know, now you get back to the meat. That's, that's kind of my language because when you have a, a moment, you know, people easily connect the moment, yeah. the achievement from the meaning. And, and it sounds you're creating these immersive experiences where people can be present and connect. That, that's that's what catch the moment is all about. There it's about co connecting that meaning to the moment so that people can you know really recognize their true sense of self and value as they're moving on toward that next moment. Yeah, uh, and next experience. Bill, add this. You are a gem. Thank you for coming through. <laughs> Thank you for having blessing me. Blessing me with, uh, man, forever bars. I hope y'all really locked in on what Bill had to say. Um, not just with the, oh my goodness, Bill, how do, how do, how do I say this? I, like, this, this, the, the, the gauntlet. Like, what is <laughs> Sisyphus. <laughs> the Sisyphus. All right, let's see. <laughs> That's real. I'm just, I'm not even going to sort of act like that. I, I want to say Sisyphus again. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm like, not just with the Sisyphus gauntlet, but there's a unique opportunity with Between the Ears, with the experience that Bill has through his own life that speaks 100% to me, but it speaks to every single one of us 
on how we're, how we're growing, how we're healing, and ultimately how we're finding meaning and truth in the human experience. And, and I'm telling you what, this is something that everybody wants to participate in. Broadcast, thank you again for coming through. And make sure y'all check in with us and catch the moment. Find us everywhere, Instagram, YouTube, Spotify, where you want, every platform, even on iHeart. Find us, man. Because <laughs> this, this is where impact is happening. We will catch you next week. Get ready for another drop. 